do you have enough volume on me? Like, can yeah. you hear me? Because yeah. my my line's not moving at all. I, I hear you great. Um, do you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I know. I I'm not sure sometimes about this little. Uh, I see little bumps when you're talking, but you okay. but you sound pl- plenty loud. <laughs> I see little okay. bumps when you're talking. An industry under pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. Check, check, check. One testing. One. Is this thing on? Oh, here we go. Yeah, there. All right. All right. Very good. Okay. Where was I? Ah. Okay. Yes. Oh, first of all, folks, I have to apologize uh, if you're wondering why I sound weird. It is because um, I'm not really 100 percent today. Yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit under the weather. Have been for a few days, and now, as you can hear, it has hit my. Uh, my throat. So I have, I kind of have the, uh, what I call the 24 hour morning voice. So anyway, uh, uh, but you know, we gotta, we gotta keep going. So, um, what was I looking at? Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, it, this is a website. Uh, and I've, I've never seen this before. I, I didn't even know that this was, that this existed, but we have here the air conditioning, heating and refrigeration news. So, um, yeah, which, and if you're interested in air conditioning, heating, and refrigeration news, you can go to achrnews.com, where you will find this article that I was, I was just looking at, Government's Turn to a Geothermal to Reduce Costs and Emissions. Um, and, and, and there's a photo here. Um, let's see. So this is some sort of state capitol building. Oh, yeah, here we go. Um, renovations continue at the Michigan state capitol. These include the latest and largest geothermal installment for a state government building. Now, that would be in the U.S., obviously, a state government building, because I, I'm pretty sure that the air conditioning, heating, and refrigeration news website is, is probably just limited to uh, things here in the United States. But interesting story nonetheless. There is a reason why I was reading that uh, right now, and uh, but I'm not, I'm not going to tell you because you're going to find out here in uh, just a few minutes. But first, just a couple other things to tell you about. Uh, oh, by the way, this is the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast. I, you know that. Um, I, I know you know that. You, you knew that when you hit the button. But anyway, uh, it is the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast. And it is, and here's the really important part, it is brought to you right here on the Oil & Gas Global Network by our very good friends at Cognite. Now, um, you've heard me talk about Cognite before. You know that they do amazing things. You know that they're working with industrial data. You know that they're partnering with people around the industry. Um, You you know that you can go to makedatadomore.cognite.com and uh, you'll learn all about it. But here's something that you might not know. Now, I've, I've only I've announced this on a couple of shows, but just in case you missed it, uh, we do have from our very good friends at Cognite a brand new giveaway. Uh, and all you got to do is you just have to go to this 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 link 
this URL. And, and you know, you got to put a little information in there. And, uh, and you can win. They're going to give one out every week. And, you know, it's, it's just really not that hard. You might as well give it a try. Because now this is the, you know, this is not just like a little koozie, folks. I mean, or, or you know, some little trinket. This is an actual... Uh, like a really nice, uh, I don't know, you call it a duffel bag, a gear bag, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it when you're trying to get away, a go bag. Um, anyway, it's really nice. It's black. It's got the Cognite. Uh, it's tastefully, tastefully has the Cognite logo on there. And, uh, and you can see a picture of it if you go to, uh, to this page, which is content.cognite.com slash O-G-G-N giveaway, one word, like giveaway, O-G-G-N giveaway. Anyway, you don't have to write it down because just look at the show notes. We'll put it in the, in the show notes. You can click the link, take you right there, um, and you will see this this uh, this fantastic opportunity that you have to win. All right, that is all I'm going to say uh, for, for, for the beginning of this show because I want to get to our guest. And uh, I got something. Um, we so, so we're doing something a little bit fun today. Uh, you're going to meet somebody else from uh, the OGGN family. And I, I don't want to say too much because uh, you're going to hear it in just a second. But uh, let's go talk with Mr. Joe Batir. And that brings us to our guest today. I have with me here uh, on the line, as we used to say. I don't know if people still say on the line anymore because it's not like that anymore. But anyway, we are in the remote configuration, and um, and I have Mr. Joe Batir, uh, who, who, by the way, is the most recent addition to the oil and gas global network family here. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, but, but Joe, thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for making time on short notice. I think I just called you about this like yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to, to talk and, and answer whatever questions you have. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll try to have some exciting questions. Um, and, but you know, by the way, so do you, do you go by Joe usually, right? Is it Joseph or do you go by Joe or yeah, you, you've so, been Joe in all the emails. So that's why yeah. I, I went with that. Okay. Um, so the reason why, so ladies and gentlemen, the reason why Joe is part of the newest member of our family is because, uh, he is launching a brand new podcast. We are, well, we're, we're helping him launch a new, a brand new podcast. It's going to be part of the, of the OGGN uh, amazing collection of podcasts. Um, and so now it's all coming together. Uh, you understand that uh, you are listening to uh, the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, but we have sucked you into a commercial for one of our other <laughs> upcoming podcasts. But this one is going to be great. And uh, it is called Low Carbon <laughs> Low Carbon Solutions. I'm sorry. So, so Joe, um, we, got, we have to talk about this a little bit. Uh, ever since we named this podcast, we went through this process, right, of... of because because originally we called it just the renewables we were like mm -hmm. like the, the working title was the renewables podcast right yeah yeah yep. so then so we were coming up with all these different names and 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 so uh so listeners uh if you if you work at OGGN what you know that all of our shows have um they all have uh abbreviations right like the oil and gas tech show is is OGT and oil and gas this week is OGT and so so Joe's new show low carbon solutions is LCS and uh um, but ever since I saw that LCS, I keep I can't get low cost out of my head. So I'm gonna. So if I call it the low cost solutions podcast, uh, Joe, you're gonna have to forgive me. So it's just I can't like the it's low carbon. That's the idea, right? Low carbon. 
the idea is low carbon, yes, but but I mean, if they turn out to be low cost, that's yeah, not so bad, it, right? Yeah, yeah, low cost would be would be a net benefit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So tell us. So what is so what is this thing all about? Tell us what. So and we are gonna and and by the way, uh, uh, audience, don't don't leave us yet because we're gonna we're gonna talk about some cool stuff. But first, let's hear about this podcast. Uh, what what is it all about, Joe? Yeah. So the Low Carbon Solutions Podcast is is about just that the low carbon solutions that that are across the industry across modern life that are being implemented to to really decrease our carbon footprint to to decarbonize the the energy production and also the energy use of of modern life yeah yeah so that that is i mean that's an excellent uh that's a good textbook answer. So I'm going to ask you a hard question, though, which is, does that mean that, that you're anti-oil and gas? No, no, I... <laughs> Since you're on the oil and gas global I network, am, that would be the right, that's the correct answer. Yeah. But, but talk about that a little bit, which of course is, you know, it, of course it doesn't mean that or we wouldn't have launched the show, but, but explain that a little bit. Yeah. So I guess it, the, the easy way to explain it without, without going into too much detail on my background, which I'm sure we... But we're going to get to that People, in a second. Yeah. But yeah, You'll okay. hear about that. But realist, I'm a, I'm a realist. I'm a pragmatic guy. I see the nuance of modern life. I, I love to go outside. I hunt. I fish. I go for multi-day hikes. And so I see this dichotomy of the natural world, but also modern life and energy. And mm-hmm. where we're at today we we can't really we can't live the way we do today without the high density energy that is hydrocarbons but there there is a i i guess i feel this desire and almost this innate responsibility to also care for the earth in whatever way mm-hmm. we can and in some ways i think that is that is also finding ways to decrease our carbon footprint because if most people whether you believe in climate change or not part of my dissertation was looking at at the thermal signature in the near subsurface and when i did that it was warming up Mm -hmm. so we don't need to argue about whether climate change exists or not the fact of the matter is is that it is warming up yeah. And we know that CO2 is a, is a greenhouse gas. Mm-hmm. So if we can find more efficient processes that also cut greenhouse gas emissions, then we should be promoting those because yeah. it's kind of a win-win. Yeah. 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 I, I no, I'm with you. Um, in fact, I happen to know because I've had a little bit of a preview, I believe it is going to be your episode number, uh, Two episode number two, I think you have uh, you have a very interesting guy talking about some of that uh, some of that uh, d- does it exist or not business. But uh, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give the spoiler on that because 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 that's a great episode. But um, all right, so let's uh, let's let's so 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 you so we're doing the show. Um, we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna launch. Um, let's see, we're this this episode of the tech show 
is going to we're going to drop this one tomorrow which is is thursday usually i don't get so specific with dates but in this case because you're about to you're you're launching the new show on august the 26th right we're going to announce it at at our big happy hour event right okay so if you're in houston by the way um the legendary oil and gas global network happy hours have resumed and the next one is happening on august 26th uh you can you can you can get tickets in advance. You can show up at the door. You can do whatever you want, but you should you ought to show up. We're going to have a great panel discussion, and we're going to be launching this new podcast. Um, and if you're listening to this show right now, uh, which uh, we're it's Wednesday the 18th, we're recording, so so everybody's going to hear it tomorrow on the 19th. Um, and so and we got and and when we when we launch the show next week, um, you're going to have five five four four or five episodes probably right that are going to go mm-hmm. out all at once. Um, which you've been busy, uh, you've been busy pulling those all together. But by the way, audience, if you've ever tried to get like five important, impressive people on a calendar in a two week span of time to try to interview them, this is, this is a lot of work. So I know what Joe is going through, but give us a little preview. Like, like, like what, what can we, what can we, what are we going to hear about in those first few episodes? Yeah. So the, the first few episodes, we have somebody talking about green steel, Green Steel is a very, very early, early, young and budding industry. Really, it's an idea of an industry at this point. So we talk about that in in mm. detail. We we talk about geothermal power and and almost a kind of a green ecosystem industrial park idea mm-hmm. up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Then we talk about we kind of zoom into a solution that was made by by um, the team at Technique FMC. Right, right. Yeah. The I production system. Talk about their solution and, and really it it's a it's a fascinating story. And that mm-hmm. is one of those win win scenarios where you find cost reductions and it just so happens to make some major savings in greenhouse gas emissions as well. And, right. and then the, the last one that I've recorded is with a guy at a solar production or solar development company. And we actually talk about a recent investment into their company from a major oil and gas company. Mm, and, interesting. Yeah. and then yeah. we kind of talk about that and, and what this, this quote unquote energy transition looks like and, and where where he thinks that's going and where, where we think energy as a whole is going to be in the future. Yeah. That, that's an interesting one because, you know, obviously there's been a lot of, in, you know, big oil company investments and in some of these other things. Um, and, and of course um, the, uh, the skeptics always want to want to say, well, eh, but you know, are those just token gestures? Are they really serious about that stuff? Are they just throwing a little bit of money at those things so that they can say they're doing something? But um, so we're going to get to, we're going to get to hear the inside view from the person who received the investment, right? Is, is, uh, is what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. Okay. So, um, so let's skip. So that's the show. It's coming out um, and uh, it'll be available on all the in all the usual places. And, um, and you mentioned you, so you mentioned ge- geothermal and I don't remember if you mentioned your geothermal background or not, but I know you have one. Um, you also mentioned that you like to go outside, which, uh, I see that because I see, I'm looking at a picture of you right now sitting in front of a really large mountain. So, so what, so just let's pause on that for a second. Where, what, what mountain is that behind you? 
is that on my LinkedIn profile? <laughs> yeah, it's on your LinkedIn. It's on your LinkedIn. Yeah, it's a big so, mountain. Yeah. Yeah. So that is outside of Haines, Alaska. Uh. During my during my PhD, I was tasked with creating a new heat flow map of the state of Alaska. That was kind of the the base data that I needed to utilize to mm-hmm. to then come up with scientific questions to answer and be mm-hmm. awarded a a PhD. Yeah, but yeah. that yeah. is the specifically that is the Palmer prospect that was oh of course now I forget the the company. <laughs> Sorry. But it's, it's it's okay. You know, one it, of their this, prospects. this part isn't part of your PhD you know yeah. quality. So you, it's okay. You, yeah. you don't have to remember everything. So yeah. I was on the side of this mountain basically hanging off a platform that was built for this this uh coring drilling rig where they left these these their boreholes in the ground but they're not wells it's mm-hmm. just a, a bare borehole and i was going up there and logging those for temperature so that way i could calculate heat flow and ultimately tell people where where and where not to drill for geothermal yeah well so it so it's it's lucky for you that they that they left all those holes, somebody drilled all those, because otherwise you would have had to drill them yourself, right? So <laughs> to have somebody else's holes out there to go drill them is, is handy, I would guess. Yep. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was actually a, it was, it's it's a funny story because typically you don't do that, right? You don't leave holes in the right, ground. Right, exactly. But because of the extreme nature of, of where that was, that was on the side of a, of a mountain, probably a 30 to 40% uh, degree incline. Mm-hmm. So because of that, they could get special permission to leave those holes open in mm-hmm. case they needed to come back and, and collect right. more data. Right, right, right. And cool. luckily, so, I was able to go and, and collect data before they all got filled in. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a, <laughs> that would have been a bummer if you would have missed the window. So, all right, so uh, let's... So this is the tech show. So let's talk about, um, and you've got this, you got this geothermal, so you're a geologist, but, but you're, you're focusing on geothermal and, and aren't you working with those guys at PetroLearn now, right? Isn't that, uh, um, yes. I, they've been on a, they've been on a few, is that now, is that where Alan Cohen is? I'm trying to remember. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And they've, he's been on a, on a couple of podcasts over here so far. So let's, um, and I know they're focused on geothermal. Let's talk about a little bit. I think it would be interesting for people. Um, of course, probably everybody knows fundamentally what geothermal is now, but like, but what is it? What is it really? So if I'm if I'm an if I'm an oil and gas person, I've grown up in the oil and gas industry. I know all about you know drilling completions and production and all that. How does geothermal compare? Like, how is it the same? How is it different? What, what how, how do you, how do how do those two compare? Yep. So the the easiest way to to compare it is in geothermal you're looking for water and you're looking for hot water. Right. Hot water being stuff that's 250 Fahrenheit all the way up to 450 even 500 Fahrenheit or that's, sometimes that's pretty even hot. hotter. Yeah. Right. Like I don't so, want my coffee that hot. That no, would be that would be no. too much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that is that's kind of the temperature you're looking for. And then you're also looking for very, very high flow rates, flow rates that are on the order of a a good geothermal well. If it's a, if it's a 
fluid dominated well because you could actually produce steam in in what's called a, a dry steam field but in hmm. if it's fluid dominated you're looking at something around fifty thousand barrels a day is the kind hmm. of flow rate you want right okay so i mean that's that's a lot of water that's a lot so how do you handle all this hot water like <laughs> you can't just uh i mean what what happens to it when it comes out so when you're when you're producing that the water itself is is really just the transport mechanism and what you're what you're producing is the actual heat coming from that hot water right. if there is if the water's hot enough and it can convert to steam then yeah. that steam runs a turbine that turbine spinning runs a generator which generates electricity and then you sell the electricity if the water is not hot enough, say closer to that 225, 250 Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. then you heat up a working fluid. That working fluid flashes to steam. Mm-hmm. And then that will really, it flashes to a vapor. That vapor spins a turbine, spins a generator, generates electricity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes for some great photos too. I know I've seen some. Oh, yeah. in, fact, in fact, we've got so on the new low carbon solutions podcast uh the artwork has i don't i think we put a then we put like a really big geothermal steam cloud or something on on that yep for yeah Yeah. i i haven't really looked closely enough if i if i spent about 30 seconds staring at it i could i could probably guess within three guesses which which geothermal field it is (laughs) i i can say with certainty i will take anybody's bet on this the picture is from Iceland. Ah, that is okay. for sure. Well, we'll um, okay. We'll have to. We'll, we're going to come back to that later. We'll, we're going to do an, an OGGN office pool to see if uh, if Joe got the uh, got the guess right, or, or maybe everybody will take a different take, take a different location. So, um, uh, um, okay. So this is the tech show. And oh, by the way, I forgot to uh, I forgot to apologize to all of my faithful listeners. Uh, and the unfaithful ones, really. Uh, I'm not. If you're wondering why does he sound so weird today, it's because I'm not really 100. percent And I got like I'm drinking hot tea, and my throat's not really right. But uh, the show must go on, as they say. So here we are. And uh, and also, I really wanted to take this time to help uh, Joe uh, to tell to tell all of you about his new his new show. But since this is the tech show and we just had like a, a little like a very little uh, summation of geothermal and it sounds similar to um, to you know conventional oil and gas in some ways. What what about like is there any so within the geothermal world as you're trying to do all this stuff, do you benefit at all? How, how do you do you do you get to leverage any of the amazing technology and innovation and stuff that we that we've come up with over the years on the kind of on the uh, traditional side of the, the the operation yes yes absolutely so there are when we talk about early stage exploration basically the things that typically come to mind resistivity mm-hmm. surveys magnetic right. surveys mm-hmm. seismic surveys all of that are those are initial input data for geothermal exploration mm-hmm. seismic not Seismic hasn't had as much of a takeoff, but yeah. there are some really cool technologies coming out now and some really cool advances that that are making seismic more applicable. Mm-hmm. One of those things being micro seismic surveys and right. really monitoring right. Uh, growth of of uh, stimulated fractures. Mm-hmm. And 
and then I guess to take a step back, geothermal has always needed these very high flow rates. The right. the main way to get that is to hit a high permeability and a, a very large uh, flow zone, typically some type of fault or fracture where right. you have very good hydraulic conductivity. That's mm-hmm. where you get these massive flows and that way you can generate electricity and have a profitable well. Well, nowadays, what what we're really interested in, because the heat, we know generally where the heat is in some areas. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess some people got it right when they said, if you just keep drilling, you'll find the heat. So if you just drill deep enough, it's going to get hot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess it will. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the water's there. Yeah, so I was what just going to say that, yeah, you might get something else besides water. Maybe. Yeah. Perhaps, so, but, but yeah. so the idea of horizontal, well, the technology behind horizontal drilling, the technology of micro seismic surveys of, of doing hydraulic stimulation or fracturing, fracking, see mm-hmm. it, it, in geothermal we've we've taken a few cues from oil and gas and i i have i have it ingrained in my mind that it is hydraulic stimulation not not fracking so it's very hard for me to say fracking is that just a is that just it's a terminology thing yeah Yeah, okay right because fracking is bad i mean we all know fracking is bad right so yeah so it's good that you're calling it something (laughs) yeah it's something else yeah okay anyway Um, so yeah. those those technologies are are expanding the possibility of of this idea of being able to generate utilize I guess mine that heat from the subsurface and be able to generate geothermal electricity outside of areas that that don't have that natural high flow rate that that traditionally you need. Right, right, I got you. But by the way, I should I should clarify just in case uh, Tony Menzer, if you're listening right now, I know you you listen to a lot of these. I, I was kidding when I said fracking is bad. So, uh, and, and, and Tony is our friend over there at Technip FMC with the eye production. And they also have an amazing product called iComplete, which, uh, is, uh, super clean and safe and efficient and, uh, never let it be said that I said that fracking was bad, but, um, but this is cool, right? So, I, I mean, um, it, what this means is we, well, okay. So. Are you seeing, let me ask this question. Are you seeing people, people like you now, did you start out? I mean, so you're a geologist, but did you go straight into geothermal or were you like a regular oil and gas geologist and then, and then switched over? So that getting into my background maybe is. Maybe switching over is not the right word, but, but yeah, was it, it, yeah, what was the path? So my path was a little, um, it was a little varied. There were some twists and some turns. Mm-hmm. I started in undergrad knowing I was going to do geology. And originally I was just thinking I'll go get a master's, probably a PhD, and I'll just see where it takes me, thinking probably academia. Mm-hmm. And during my undergrad, I I realized, one, I like to travel. I like to be outside. And there are scholarships that'll pay for that. So I basically geared my entire undergraduate career with the hopes of being able to apply for and be awarded a Fulbright. And Uh-oh. along that process, I got a, a Udall scholarship right? and, and eventually the Fulbright scholarship 
and and this is a little pro tip for everybody the the fulbright scholarship is really a game of numbers what what they want is they want you to know what you need to go do and know where you need to go do it Mm -hmm. so for me it made sense to go to iceland to study geothermal Mm -hmm. and for iceland they they have about nine nine fulbrights a year Mm -hmm. and only about 27 or 30 people who actually apply so you've got a one in three odds of actually being awarded a fulbright so there it was it was uh, just kind of everything me me doing a few statistics very do you, rudimentary do you, do you do this routine in vegas too because we could plan a trip for you know just sort of working out the yeah, odds i've uh i've to tried win. to i've tried to count cards but i just don't i don't have the <laughs> i don't have the the patience for it after okay. about five hands, I'm ready to to move to the craps table. I have a. I don't have the patience for it either. There's also a lot of other things I don't have for it. But um, okay, so the, the so the reason why I asked that was the thing about you know how did you um, uh, sort of where did you you know come from and end up is because what I'm wondering is are you seeing does the world of geothermal create opportunities for people who maybe come from a regular oil and gas background, uh, it's particularly like in the science and engineering disciplines. Does it create uh, kind of interesting opportunities for them to, um, you know, to, to cross over, as it were, and take some of the, the the tools and the knowledge and the expertise that they have and apply it, you know, in maybe a slightly different way? Is that a thing? Or do you see people doing that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Thank I guess goodness, I, that, that question would have would have been a big waste of time if the answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so so going back, finishing that story. So after undergrad, I moved down to Texas to do after really after Iceland, moved down to Texas for my PhD. During that time, I interned out in Midland with Whiting Petroleum and interned here in Dallas with Cosmos Energy and in those, I not only learned that there's a lot of similarities between mm-hmm. oil and gas and geothermal exploration, but mm-hmm. I was also seeing and, and realizing the amount of, say, waste heat that is being generated through all of right. this water production. Sure. So there's there's those kind of things that you pick up on that are they are transferable, and they're actually there's some some expert knowledge that that both sides need mm-hmm. that aren't being transferred unless people are transferring yeah yeah that's good um and then and then uh i mean, guess it creates opportunities for um uh, you know maybe for some industry veterans who um you know, uh, maybe aren't get seeing as many opportunities to do the stuff that they really like, especially, you know, exploration has been a little slow lately, right? Like it hasn't really, I'm not going to say that exploration isn't important, but it hasn't really been in the foreground in the last few years because the industry has been more focused on, um, you know, on how do we get more value from the assets we already have. Right. And, and, and there's a whole, that all goes back to, you know, there's a whole history behind that, but, um, um, so those people maybe haven't had as many opportunities the last few years to do really interesting stuff. Um, this is, you know, this is kind of a whole new 
place that you can walk in and bring your skills and and do something good. Also, maybe for some of the newer, the younger people in the industry who uh, who they like the they like the science and the engineering, but uh, but like you, they they want to you know they want to do something good for the for the earth too, right? So uh, it seems like a great a great path for both of those uh, types of people. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, so. You, you can disagree with me. Do, do you see? Do you see people? Um, you know, is is that happening? Are people are are people kind of being drawn uh, into that? You know, for those for those reasons, I'm just making stuff up here at this point. Yeah. So there, I think it is a a kind of a bit of both of that. There there is this kind of general pull of, I guess of of society wanting this one thing yeah. that. Maybe not everybody, maybe not your listeners know about. There was a large procurement order in California for another 12,000 megawatts of, of electricity. Right. Of those 12,000, they specifically stated they want 1,000 megawatts that are, that are baseload, 80% or higher capacity factor, meaning it's up and running 80% of the time or more, mm-hmm. and they want it to be low carbon emissions so right. really what that's saying is it's a big they, chunk really yeah and they expect it to be either geothermal or nuclear and mm-hmm. i don't think there's any nuclear plants that have been permitted and are currently being built in california no there's not there's not yeah yeah so that's uh so so geothermal is is the winner right? so but one thing actually that we talk about on on the podcast with the the solar developer is that that's actually even to get a thousand megawatts of renewable energy like that is not only a logistical challenge it is a permitting challenge it is a supply chain challenge and for geothermal you have all of the subsurface that you also have to figure out and figure out how to produce that much electricity Mm -hmm. so it's it's when it comes to ideas like like where where are we finding this information there's we need to come up with with technology solutions and and forecasting and modeling and a lot of you need a lot of skill sets going into here which requires industry veterans but also new innovative thought leaders who can also yeah, code yeah yeah, it's it's who can also go. It's it's interesting because um, a lot of that stuff you just described, um, you know, once you actually start to you know, try to operationalize all this, right, and the supply chain challenges and the complexities of of all the different operations and um, like you know everything you described sounds like the same types the same type of, of complexities and challenges that make, you know, regular oil and gas development, um, the interesting business that it is. Um, and, and it, which makes me think, I, I, I always say, you know, and it, this is probably an oversimplification, but if you're looking for a new way, it, 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 I had this thought, you know, a couple of years ago, I thought, you know what, like if you're looking for a new way to power the world, why don't you ask the people who figured out how to do it the first time? Because it's not just about creating the power, you know, or the energy itself. It's about all that other stuff that you described that creates a very complex industry that has to be, that has to, that has to operate effectively. And, 
And over here in the oil and gas world, we have people who have solved those problems and know how to do that, right? It, it doesn't, all of that still comes to bear. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, that is the, the very interesting thing about, about the idea of, of decarbonizing and, and reaching net zero is that it, it really is, it's going to be an all of the above answer. And, we need all hands on deck. Mm -hmm. So it's, we can't just have a, a, I guess some, some hotshot academic who can generate 50%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who can generate 50% from a small solar panel that they build in the lab. Yeah. Yeah. How you got to, now you got to go make like 6 million of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now you have to figure out how to actually make that to scale, make it, right make it cost effective yep. and source the materials for making it. Right. Right. And by the way, you got to figure out what to, how to dispose of it when it, when it craps out and it has to be replaced by, which is a whole nother problem. Um, so, all right, this is good. Uh, I, I think we'll, um, this is probably, I, I think we probably fleshed out enough to, to be a legitimate episode here. Obviously we did want to tell everybody about, um, about your new show. I think it's, like I said, I've already had a preview of a few episodes. It's going to be great. So folks, if you are, uh, if you're an OGGM fan and you like our podcasts, um, then you're going to like this one. Um, at a very minimum, you need to check it out. Listen to the first few. And by the way, when you do that, um, leave, leave Joe some, uh, leave him some reviews out there. Uh, I guess, I guess it's really just the Apple platform that, uh, does the ratings and the reviews. I don't, I don't think Spotify does that yet, but, but, um, but it'll help, it'll help, uh, help draw attention help get some traction, help get things going. So we always, not only that, but we do love to hear, uh, reviews from the audience, uh, especially when we're launching something new because it really helps us, you know, um, understand what you like, what you don't like. And that's how we learn. So, so do that. Um, it's all, all, all the episodes are going to drop, uh, on, on Thursday, August 26th, uh, God willing, that's the plan. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, anything, so Joe, anything else, uh, just before we wrap up, like, uh, like any, uh, any nuggets of uh, wisdom from the low carbon world that you want to uh, leave with the audience and, and we didn't prep for this. So if you don't have anything, it's okay to say I don't have anything. So <laughs> anything else? I, I just want to plug the show one more time. It, it is going to be different. It is going to be hearing stories from areas where you may not be used to. And and I say this with all the love in the world, there will be characters on the show. <laughs> it, it is yes, when you think about even even the oil and gas world, there are there are people that just they have this gravitas about them. Mm-hmm. And it's the same in in the renewables, in green hydrogen, green steel, it's the same in, in all low carbons in really all, all industries. And Mm -hmm. the goal is to be pulling them in and, and really getting to hear that, that greater story of, of where the energy goes from oil and gas and ultimately where, how we're using it and how we're decarbonizing it. Yep. Yep. But speaking of characters, by the way, Bernie is my favorite so far. So audience, uh, you know, you gotta wait, wait till you hear the Bernie episode. Cause Bernie is what's Bernie's last name. I forget. Bernie Carl, Bernie Carl. And you've known him for a long time, I think. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah so I've known Bernie, him, I guess almost 10 years now. 
Uh, okay. So uh, yeah. So uh, so 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 all the episodes are great so far. <laughs> Bernie's my favorite. And uh, and and audience, once you hear Bernie, you'll understand why why he's my favorite. Um, all right, I think uh, th- this is a good place to wrap it up. As you know, uh, Joe, now that you're part of the family, you know there's some more things I got to say to wrap this up. Um, but thanks for uh, thanks for making time, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing the new show launch. All right, thank you for for letting me letting me talk. <laughs> Any anytime. All right, very good. Well, that's going to do it for today, folks. Make sure that uh, you look for Joe's new show, Low Carbon Solutions, coming out on the Oil & Gas Global Network. Um, it, will, it will officially uh, show up on August 26th. But, of course, uh, you know, this is the podcast world and everything is on demand, so you can listen to it whenever you want. But I know you're going to want to be the, one of the first people to listen and write a review. Uh, by the way, if you happen to be in Houston on August 26th, then um, come to the Canon. Uh, I, it's usually six to nine, but this time we are we are doing it from five five p.m. to eight p.m. at the fabulous Cannon on the west side of Houston, where the sun is always shining and the birds are always singing and the people are always happy. And you will be happy if you come to the Oil and Gas Global Network Happy Hour event, which uh, this month is being sponsored by by the good people at Verizon. They are sponsoring the event. And uh, we're going to have a great panel discussion uh, that's uh, going to look at uh, the future of the industrial uh, edge-oriented workforce and what that's going to look like for them. I think it's going to be it's going to be a great panel. Uh, I think I'm going to be moderating if I if I ever get over this cold that I have right now. Um, so come to that, and of course, always uh, connect with OGGN. Um, if if by chance this is the first thing you've ever listened to from OGGN, or if you've listened to other things and people forgot to tell you this, then you, you can go to OGGN.com and find out about all the podcasts that we have. And there's a bunch of them, um, and they're all and they're all at least this good. Yeah, you know, probably better than this one. But anyway, we have some great content, and uh, and you can also yeah look us up on LinkedIn. And you can find out about all the things we got going on uh, every month is a new adventure and so uh connect with us there you can join our street team which is a whole adventure in and of itself uh look for that and uh just a great way to get involved with the oil and gas community you don't have to be in houston we um we uh we we find ways for people to get involved all over the world so i think that's going to wrap it up um oh yeah uh thanks again to our sponsor for the show for the show cognite they sponsor all these episodes and um and they are doing some some wonderful things for the industry. Thanks also to our audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman, who always makes us sound fantastic. And remember, when your friends, or or even people that aren't your friends, anybody comes up to you and says, eh, oil and gas, you guys are old, it's an old industry, uh, you don't like to change, you don't like to keep up with the times, you're not doing all the cool new stuff just... Give them that history lesson that I love so much. And remember to explain to them that we were tech before tech was cool. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.